This morning as we look at God's Word, I'm reminded of, of times in my life where people have an authority over me or uh, my father or uh, a coach uh, stopped what was going on and he kind of circled up the team. And he says, let me tell you what the plan is from here. Let me tell you where we're going. Uh, Jesus, in the passage that we're looking at this morning, is going to do that for his disciples. He's going to stop things and he's going to pull them aside. He's going to gather, circle them up and, and say, let me tell you what the plan is. Uh, do you like to be involved in the plan? Like, Do you like to know what's going to happen? How many of you are like that? Um, if you're not like that, you're probably like four or something like that. Sometimes four-year-olds are like, I don't care. Like, I'm on the bus. It doesn't matter what's happening. Somebody will feed me eventually. And somebody will, yeah, they're always telling me what to do anyways. So like, why? Yeah. Uh, but most of us like to know what's going on. And Jesus is going to tell them what's going on. He's going to reiterate to them. Uh, what's going on. And so I'd like to read to you in Matthew chapter 20, um, just a few verses this morning, if you'd stand in honor of God's word. <coughs> I want to start reading at verse 17 and down through verse 19. And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside and on the way he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. God, we ask your blessing on your word. Uh, may we embrace the plan, the message, the gospel. God, help us to hear it clearly this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. It's a very simple passage. It's not something, in fact, uh, in my Bible it says uh, the title, which, by the way, titles uh, in your Bible are not inspired nor are the numbers, like, I don't know why they'd be inspired numbers or not. But anyways, don't, don't put too much stock in all those things. Chapter divisions, not inspired things. We're thankful for them uh, because it, it would be bad if I said to you, yeah, somewhere in the book of Matthew, it's kind of towards the middle. It, you know, it's helpful for us, but they're not inspired. In my Bible, it says Jesus uh, foretells his death for a third time. Uh, you can really count those, and there'll probably be four times. This is probably the fourth time uh, that he tells this. And, and what's interesting is, as you look at these times where Jesus foretells his death, where he shares a bit of the plan with his disciples, they're fighting him all the time on it. They're saying, no, don't, that, that shouldn't happen. It, it's not a good idea. That's a bad plan. That's a bad plan. Uh, by the way... Uh, I have a suspicion that that's why God doesn't tell you the plan of your life. Because you'd think you knew better than Him. Because you would uh, say, oh, I don't want that. I want to do this and not that. And uh, I need to 
set you straight, God, on what would be best. And uh, in our childish arrogance, uh, uh, that would be wrong. So we look, uh, we look upon this passage and we see that he is letting them in on the plan. Uh, this is a, a repeated plan that he gives before them, but maybe the most clear and the most direct of where this is all going, the steps that are going to happen uh, in the future for them and for him. It starts out and it, it says that they were on their way to Jerusalem and he took the 12 disciples aside and on the way he, uh, he shared this message with them. He, he gave it to them. They were going, they were on their way to Jerusalem. And uh, it's kind of a, a small detail in our minds maybe, but they were on their way to Jerusalem. They, they were traveling around. If you look through the book of Matthew, you can kind of see them making circles, hitting a town, going over here, coming back over here, speaking to these people. And it could look like to you and to me that it's just wandering through the Holy Land. Uh, Jesus is just wandering around, bumping into people. It could look, uh, you know, like a, a, a trip to Target. You know, you're just kind of wandering around. Oh, you see something over here. Oh, you go over here. Or Home Depot, depending on where you uh, uh, prefer. Uh, but, but. What you need to know, and, and this is something big for us this morning, is that uh, there's a plan of God going on here. The Father has a plan. The Son is about accomplishing the plan, the will of the Father. And so uh, the disciples, they were just followers. They were that maybe that four-year-old who didn't know or didn't even care you know hey every day has been exciting with Jesus and so if he says we're going to Jerusalem we're going to Jerusalem and so they were on their way they were walking Okay. I don't think it's going to work. I know. I'm looking at it, though, and it's not going to work. Um, I'll go fast. in there he says hey we're going to Jerusalem I think what he was saying there he was underlining the word Jerusalem bold caps we're going to Jerusalem it's happening the disciples had heard this plan before they knew that uh, kind of the end game that Jesus had this plan that was going to be worked out and now as they are on their way to Jerusalem, 
it says, hey, Jesus stops them, and he says, we're going to Jerusalem. It's happening. It, it, it's, it's on, this plan is, the end plan is being worked out. As we look at uh, this passage, it says this, that he took them aside. He took them aside. What would have been happening would, there would have been many travelers, many people heading up to Jerusalem to worship. It was Passover. There were people going. And so the roads would have been, I don't want to say full, but it would have been common to see people on the road. And Jesus, as you look at his ministry, you realize that, that he always had people around. There were crowds that would follow him. And so possibly there was a crowd even now, people, other people that were heading up uh, for Passover to celebrate. And Jesus, in the midst of them, he pulls his disciples aside and he says, we're going to Jerusalem. We're on our way. This, uh, to the disciples, uh, they might have looked at each other and go, well, what's going to happen now? We're on our way to Jerusalem. We're, we're on the road and Jesus is now signaling that it's going to happen. He looks, at, uh, he, he looks at the disciples and he shares parts of the plan. And I want to say stage one. And the, the stages kind of come as Jesus is sharing. First, stage one, go to Jerusalem. Stage two, he says this, And the Son of Man, referring to himself, will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. This is so hard for us to see. As I think about, um, at a, I was in on a conversation I, many years ago. I was down at Costco, and there were some workers from Costco after uh, they had gotten off work, young people, college-aged, and they were arguing, uh, you know, very uh, animated out in the parking lot. You know, I'm getting ready to push my uh, thousand rolls of toilet paper and uh, beef jerky and all that other good stuff into my car. And uh, I, I overhear one of them say something about Jesus. And I, I look over and I, I listen. And I overhear as I'm putting the toilet paper in the back and all that good stuff. And I, I realize they're arguing over whether Jesus should have died. And so I put everything in, and I, I kind of head over there. And the one young man is not a believer, obviously, and he goes, there's no way Jesus could have been God, because if I were God, nobody's going to kill me. That was his logic. That was his logic. And, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm used to the gospel message. I've grown up around it. Maybe that is something of a, a stumbling point for some. When they picture a king of kings, they say, well, a king of kings is in charge. A king of kings does what he wants to do. Nobody tells a king of kings, a lord of lords, what they're going to do, and nobody can overpower them. Know this, that Jesus is huddling his team. He says, stage one, we go to Jerusalem. Stage two, stage two, is I get delivered over to the Jews. I get delivered over to the Jews. The, the leadership of the Jews. I get delivered over to my people. The, the leaders that they have. 
I get delivered over to them. I get arrested. The idea of delivered over isn't just that it's being handed over. It's to be put into custody. And you look at this and you go, wait, this sounds like a bad plan. Stage one, you know, if, if Jerusalem's where all the bad stuff's going to happen, don't go to Jerusalem. If stage two, you, you say, well, we've got to go to Jerusalem. We're on our way. Well, stage two, the idea of being delivered over, if you know it's going to happen, Jesus, don't, don't do it. Like, we, we can prevent this. Stage two was delivered over to the Jews. Excuse me. As you look at this, you realize that these chief priests and scribes um, were mentioned over and over again up to, uh, up to this point in the book of Matthew. There's disagreement between them and Jesus all the time. They're trying to put Jesus on the spot over and over again. And Jesus is answering them and teaching them. And he's using their questions as teaching for others as well. And to these same ones who he has proved wrong over and over again, Jesus says stage two is that I will be handed or delivered over to them. And for this purpose, to be condemned to death. Condemned to death. It's hard to get this in this section as well as when you do get to the crucifixion and later in the book of Matthew the Gospels as well, is to realize that there's two authority structures happening simultaneously. There's the Jews who are in charge of their own people. They're in charge of their own people. They, they direct, they lead, but they really have no authority. Uh, they're under the Romans. The, the Romans are in charge. The Romans have all the authority uh, that would be able to punish people and put them in jail and, and then uh, eventually put them to death. But it's interesting to me that the Jews, though having no authority, made sure that they could make a proclamation that this man deserves to die. Jesus, knowing the plan, he says, I'm, you know, we're on our way to Jerusalem. And when we get there, when we get there, the plan is this, stage two, is that I would be delivered up to these ones that I've been arguing with, ones that I've been challenging, and not just for any purpose, but for them to see it so significant is that I would deserve to be condemned to die. This is Jesus' plan. And I want to say it this way. This is the Father's plan, um, and Jesus is following it. As we see stage three, we look down at verse 19. Um, you, you realize that stage three goes from the idea of being delivered up to the Jews, his own people, to now being delivered up to the Gentiles. As you look at verse 19, and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And for what purpose? I want to say this, that there was a pre-crucifixion persecution. There was uh, a pain before the actual event. That Jesus knew that as part of him being delivered over to the Gentiles, that he would both be mocked, he would both be mocked, publicly humiliated, the, the idea that you put on display and words are said, things are done to showcase uh, his shame. And the second thing is that he would be beaten, he would be beaten. 
you realize that uh, both mocking and flogging in and of themselves were sometimes sufficient for the crime. That sometimes that was enough. That, that they would say there's a public humiliation of the verdict. There's uh, words said about the person's character that display that they are guilty. And then we leave it at that. And if there needs to be a greater punishment, they would say, well, uh, have him flogged and then send him away. Uh, let that be the punishment enough. But there's three phases of this. There's the, the mocking, the flogging, or three pieces. Now those are uh, pre-crucifixion persecution, which brings us to stage four. This is different. It says stage four, it's this picture that we don't just go from the temporary pain of the moment, both personally as well as in our person, in our, our character, in our heart, but actual physical pain, which led them to crucifixion, stage four. This word crucifixion is different, and, and sometimes I struggle to get the right word when I'm talking about the gospel. And I, I want to tell you that Jesus died. Jesus died, but that's probably the wrong way to say it. That's probably the wrong way to say it. The, the right way to say it is that he was crucified. He was crucified. Because the idea of crucifixion, you know, we, we, people die all the time. The, we know people that have been very dear to us that in the last year have died. And we can say, and which someone says, you know, this person that I love died. And you say, well, what happened? How, how did they die? How did they die? And you say, well, they died from this disease. They died from this accident. It, you know, they died of old age. They, they died for many reasons. But this says this, that they were punished. They were punished. And the punishment was death. It was crucifixion. That, that they bore, uh, the, bore the penalty of some offense. And so we see that Jesus... And, and as I read this, I, I'm so familiar with the story, I keep jumping ahead in my mind. I keep jumping ahead and going, well, yeah, and I, I'm piecing it together. This is the time where Pilate comes in, and, and this is where he's in this place talking to this person, and this is where Peter's here, and I, I'm, I'm playing it all out. But know this, that none of that has happened at this point, that this conversation on the road to Jerusalem uh, none of this has, has come about yet. Jesus is foretelling it. He's sharing with them the plan. This is the plan. And not just the plan, but he's bracing them for this is how this is all going to play out. So we come to stage four and Jesus foretells and he, he shares with them the plan is this. That I'd be executed. I would be executed for a crime. I would be crucified. And then lastly, and uh, clearly, and I, I wanted to, um, I, I wondered about just saving this for next week. Because this is the message of Easter. But I, I want to get us thinking early. I want to get us thinking early. Is that the plan of God was not, just for Jesus to be a good man 
It was not just for Jesus to train his disciples. It was not just for him to be a great teacher, do miracles, uh, heal sickness, cast out demons. But that his plan was that Jesus on display both for the Jews and for the Gentiles would be condemned to death, condemned to death, that he would be humiliated in death and then crucified. That this all would come together, not just as a, a happenstance. You know, when, when we look at history, you've studied history, uh, most of the time we try to figure out why. Why? What were the events that led up to this event, which made this event happen, which changed the course of the world? And as you look at the, the gospel message, the, the gospel scene of Jesus going to the cross, there, there might be this difficulty for the historian in you to say, well, if this would have happened, this wouldn't have happened, and da-da-da. You, 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 you say, well, it, it would have been a domino effect, and I want to tell you this. What Jesus is saying is, this is my Father's plan. This is what's going to happen. The people in charge here, they're not you, disciples. It's not the people of the Jews up in Jerusalem. They're not in charge. It's not the Gentiles that are in charge. <coughs> but this is the plan. My Father is in charge. And I'm in obedience to the Father as I walk through these steps. But there's purpose behind every step. Which brings us to stage five. It says this, and he will be raised on the third day. Raised on the third day. I, I'm sure the disciples struggled with this. I'm sure of it. Maybe even as some of you struggle today. You say, what is resurrection? It doesn't make sense. I've gone to the hospital. I, I've seen people who have passed away and died. And, and there's nothing after that. And the idea that someone would come alive again after three days. You know, I've read the story of this, and someone saw, you know, they, they saw this, had this experience in a hospital. They really died, but they came back. And I want to say, after three days? After three days? And a crucifixion sort of death? What Jesus is saying to them is this, I will die. I will die. I will be crucified. But know this, that this is not the end of the story, and this is not the end of my story, but that I will be raised victorious. I want to point out one uh, noticeable thing here in this passage that, that, that you need to kind of grasp, and we'll talk about it more next week. It doesn't say, uh, it could say it a bunch of different ways, but the way it's, uh, Jesus portrays it here is that he will be raised, speaking of himself, that he will be lifted up. And what that is, is the work of the Father being born out in the Son. That Jesus wasn't just conquering death on his own initiative, as part of his own plan, as part of his own resolve. But it was the Father's work being born out in the Son, granting him the victory. Granting him the victory. As we look at this passage, we see four stages 
of what Jesus lines out for the disciples that are all pretty bad. We're going to Jerusalem, a place they didn't like me. They don't like me. We're going to, uh, I'm going to be given over or taken into custody by the Jews. And then they're going to hand me over back into custody with the Romans, the people who really have authority. And then I will be uh, persecuted. I'll be persecuted. And that persecution will end in crucifixion. But stage five says, you'll be raised from the dead. Raised victoriously. It ends in victory. It ends in victory. This morning, um, I wanted to just place the story before us. This is the story of the gospel. This is how we participate and how we get inclusion into the family of God. Because of what Jesus did. The plan that was worked out from the Father in the Son. I have three things this morning that I'd like to share with you. Uh, just for us to remember this week as we consider uh, the work of Jesus. As he lived and as he even foretold this to his disciples. The first thing for us to remember is this. That we should never think of the cross as a bad day for justice but the beautiful fulfillment of the eternal plan of God uh, never think of it as a bad day for justice as good Americans we, we cry and we say that there should be it's, it's, it's unjust it's not fair it's not the, the big issue of the fairness of the cross because it was the plan of God it was his eternal plan this is what he wanted this is how he showed us love. Secondly, to remember that you benefited from the plan. You benefited from the plan. I, I know um, e even the idea of Good Friday, uh, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Um, even as we share with our kids and, and we want to make everything happy. We want to have our kids to have a happy childhood. But if they're really going to understand their sin and the price of their sin, boy, that's going to be a tough one for kids to get. And you say, well, oh, I just, like, I don't want to talk about Jesus going to the cross. Do talk about it. Why? Because you benefited from the plan. This is a personal thing for you. It's something for you to embrace the plan of God. And then one last thing. Remember this, that the plan ended in victory. It ended in victory. There may be steps that you feel uncomfortable with. There's maybe things, that, but, but know this, that the victory was secure when Jesus rose from the dead. Rose from the dead. And this is exciting for us to consider the plan. The plan of God worked out in His Son for our benefit. That we might rejoice, that we might be free, that we might be secure knowing our future. Please join with me in prayer. God, I ask that you do your work in your people this morning. As we've looked at briefly uh, your plan, not even as it unfolded, but as it was foretold. Uh, God, help us to embrace this idea that this was your plan. This is what you wanted to do. And help us to grapple 
with the idea that you did this for us, that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on our behalf. God, I know that so often our lives are filled with empty philosophy of how to do this and what to do here. It's also filled with uh, endless pursuit of our own satisfaction and happiness. God, help us to push all those things aside and embrace the, the good news of the gospel. That Jesus died for sinners. He rose again at your plan, your power, giving us victory. God, help us to embrace this message. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.